You know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? What do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Well, howdy there, folks. Uh, I've been listening to Ginny and Georgia season two for the last eight hours while my girlfriend has been watching it, and I am too impressed slash obsessed with the dangerously offensive Southern accent at the heart of that show. So I just thought I'd uh, open the show with also this chaotic energy. Yes. Uh, welcome back to Battle Royale with Cheese, friends. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, with me, as always, is Jill. Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to do the Southern accent. Although, is, is that the Michael Shannon uh, and um, Jessica Chastain? No, oh, no I wish. That's an excellent show. That's what I hear. No, I'm talking about it's a, like a Netflix teen drama. Oh, the only person course. I know who's in it is Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights. And oh, yeah. one other guy who was in Midnight Mass, if you watch that limited series from Mike Flanagan. No, I heard that was good. It was, it is really good. George and Ginny is trash. I heard, but delightful trash and filmed in Vancouver. I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. I believe that too. But anyway, it's, it is like (laughs) Degrassi (laughs) levels of the teens are not okay. (laughs) But the, the mom on the show is this like young mom. She's meant to be, I think 33 or 34 in the show. Oh, it's supposed to have like a Gilmore girls esque vibe. Sort of. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But she is just doing this, cartoon character performance this like i know people call daniel craig in knives out foghorn leghorn oh, but yeah. this is even sort of like foghornier fog- leghornier yes <laughs> yes foghorn leghorn too yeah electric boogaloo <laughs> all right Woo. i also love uh kicking off the show with foghornier i know foghornier leghornier yeah 2023 also you look great in a 10 gallon hat oh thanks <laughs> I was trying a Stetson for a while, but I need to go bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. Why deny myself? You shouldn't. How are you feeling today, Jill? I feel great. You watching any trash on Netflix these days? Um, Just, oh, Canada's Drag Race versus the World is a real hard watch as oh, yeah? a diehard uh, Rue fan. It's got to be the worst of the worst. Oh, really? Why? Just the quality of contestants? Yeah. And like... Rue's not there because it's on Canada and the Canadian content laws. They demand that Brooklyn Heights be the host when she's trying her best. But, you know, it's not Rue. Um, And also they can only have Canadian songs for the lip syncs. So they dig dig deep into the. How many Alanis songs? Deep into the the anals. And I mean anals of Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give me an example that you were like, woof, what a bad choice. Um, Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. (laughs) I mean, there is some camp quality there i guess I am i being too generous you are but mm. that's fine i mean they're all Well, she said see you later boy and you're mm. saying see you later to your opinion brian i am <laughs> uh it, any it, other it wasn't good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> is there any other songs that really stick out to you um actually i i should give credit where credit is due they did uh Deborah Cox, um, Nobody's Supposed to Be Here, 1998 Banger, which Georgia and I were belting out all morning. I don't know if I know that one. Well, treat yourself. I will. Yeah. Um, It was very of the same ilk, uh, which we'll get to later, I'm sure, of all the jams that were coming on when we were at the borough. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah, I'll just float that little nugget out there as a teaser. But uh, how are you doing, Brian? I'm doing really, really well. I think mentally I'm not going to recover from being so exposed to Ginny and Georgia. (laughs) Uh, But I'm just going to ask you and the listeners of this podcast to come along with me on this journey. Of course. This mental wellness journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I claw myself back to sanity. (laughs) 
So welcome to the show, folks. We really hope you liked our last episode about Elephant. This week, we're going to talk about The Burrow, formerly known as Banditas, a commercial drive classic. I think everyone knows it as a reliable brunch and dinner vegetarian spot. Yeah, it's an institution, I would say. I've been going there for long before I even lived in the hood, which is now over a decade. That's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, you mentioned that when we went, actually. They used to... Uh, come in when you is this when you were vegetarian too or when you just wanted to go to a cooler Vancouver place no it's just uh, I think we actually chatted about it when we were in the restaurant but it's more the location it's uh, because it's right by the Skytrain station it's easily accessible for a youngin like me with no car at the time um, I wasn't vegetarian at the time but uh, and it's also so affordable completely um, the value even uh, in this economy very very affordable thanks Biden mm-hmm. yeah thanks Biden <laughs> Ugh. Uh, so before we get into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about our experience at Elephant. So uh, some people would say that if we were good podcast hosts, we might have reached out to the head chef to chat before we went to the restaurant. That's not our style. But that's not our style. No, we assume nobody wants to talk to us. Uh, but Justin, that's a fact. <laughs> and that is a fact that you can bank on that. Uh, we are uh, deeply uncomfortable with social interactions and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> If but, you want to, we don't want to pressure you to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whatever you're most comfortable with, <laughs> we'll go fuck ourselves. Uh, but we got some lovely messages from Justin L., the head chef at Elephant, and he shared some information about some of the dishes. And I thought it would be Not great. Not just some information. He went into great detail and he was so generous with his time, yes. I would say. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I have a crush on Justin L. I'm I think we both do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, not just because you know that from another article that we were looking at that he is on record as a uh, power lifter. Oh yeah. We, we didn't talk about that, but he's, he's an impressive lifter. Oh yeah. He's some, some, I think his deadlift was like six fifty or something like that. Oh woof. my God. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> um, anyway, we just wanted to share some of the information that he had because as we were talking about, they do change the menu every week. And I think reading some of these messages will give people an insight into what that creative process is like for a chef, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really exciting. And like changing a menu weekly if you're following normal standard chef rules, which is go to supplier and get what they have and bring it back. But I mean, we'll let his words, I think, tell that story and and the detail and like the extra effort he goes to. Yeah, absolutely. So this is just uh, from some of the, his own words, if I may, the cloudy turnip soup just had some rendered pork fat from the pig head in the carbonara. It's basically pancetta made from the head and it's been aged for a couple years by me. Also, the turnip soup has no dairy in it, just really fucking expensive turnips and whatever stock or broth I have kicking around. That blows my mind. I know, I know. It's made in the style of a tonkatsu ramen broth where the turnips in place of pork bones are emulsified into the broth. It takes about five days to make and it's a huge pain in the ass. I hate it. <laughs> I love someone having a adversarial relationship with something they make that's delicious. Yes, of course. Uh, the rutabaga with very dangerous crab seasoning. So this wasn't on the actual listed menu, but was one of the things we had. Mm-hmm. It's crab innards with crab shell oil and crab shell vinegar blitzed with fermented ghost peppers. That would be the spice. Mm -hmm. And I think an onion or something. Never remember these things. The yam dish trying to remember. Oh, shit. I think it was either roasted radish or daikon with a roasted beef fat ravigote, which is like a cross between burr blanc and vinaigrette. Hot vinaigrette. For the aged tartare burger, the hearts come in with a lot of visceral fat surrounding it. So I'll take that fat and render it down for searing the burgers. So he sears the burgers in the heart fat. That it's burger inception. Yes, exactly. I always have a fuck ton extra. So I decided to make this dressing 
It's basically beef fat, a metric fuck ton of shallots, pepper, vinegar, mustard. The richness you're getting is from the blended shallots. There's actually very little beef fat in the sauce. That's also why it's able to hold while hot without breaking the emulsion. The squash curry was actual squash, which was made with all local ingredients, lemongrass, turmeric, ginger, fermented spot prawn heads in place of fermented shrimp paste, fermented milk, preserved beans, kind of wild thinking we now have a climate suitable for growing these vegetables. Uh, pear square that made me laugh that's just pear and a little bit of milk nothing else i got these pears from aaron up at scout vineyards his fruit is fucking incredible these pears are unique because of their terrible yield (laughs) i mean they're very aromatic also they have these huge inedible cores and i figured i'd make a caramel by pressing the juice from the cores instead of throwing a bunch of money away and then coating the frozen cubes of pear flesh in this caramel and quickly roasting them in the oven which further caramelizes them can we just pause and appreciate that he's taken something inedible yes. and make it gourmet again when, and and so there he sent us another message where he kind of was talking about like i find it funny that you think of this of elephant as kind of haute cuisine or mm-hmm. fine dining and fair enough maybe that's not the totally right way to think about it but in terms of like exciting dining and oh. like forward thinking approaches to food this is top tier yeah And he's also an amazing writer. Like I'm, you may not know this about me, but I hate period pieces. Like I'll be the first one to be like Jane Eyre, Pride and Prejudice are boring. But if I ever had to have, uh, you know, a long, full, wistful correspondence uh, relationship, (laughs) I would, I would, I would be in an epistolary uh, narrative with Justin L. I love that. Just, just wanted to flex my English degree there and drop epistolary. I love epistolary narratives. (laughs) Uh, the middles of the of the pear flesh are still raw because they'd been frozen. You retain the aromatic qualities of the pear while getting nice brown sugar notes of sweetness. Then I make this creme fraiche thing by fermenting milk with pear skins and then simply whipping it all together and freezing it. It's finished with a bit of olive oil, which is what was on top in that Not picture. Not pear oil. Not pear oil. I'm, I was mistaken. Sent to me by a friend of mine who just moved to Mykonos, you know, for the raves. <laughs> See? Wouldn't he be great to correspond with? What he a guy. Is. He already is. What a guy. And for the burger, he says, the tartar burger, uh, sorry for the surprise. I guess it's not always mentioned, but it's supposed to be raw in the middle. Love that, actually. It's a brioche bun with a bit less sugar and egg. Not a huge fan of eggy sweet buns. So that may be why it wasn't immediately as brioche as some brioche buns can be to me. Which I appreciate. Yeah, definitely. I I think uh, brioche is a little overdone sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, With a fermented black onion on the bottom. I think you guys had the version with pickled green tomatoes or maybe it was the pickled Gibson onions. Parmigiano fonduta on top, not mayo. So it was like a cheese sauce. Oh my god, Not mayo. And yeah, that's it. And then he said, oh yeah, and also there's usually a tajarin available as well, which was not available when we were there. I know. Did you see it on their Insta? No, I didn't. Oh man. Well, that's my favorite thing at Kisitanto. Yes. Well, I'm sure Justin makes a dynamite no kidding. it's grown up buttered noodles yes is what it is fuck yeah <laughs> who could hate that as a recovering blando it's uh that right really speaks to my heart yeah i never had the but just noodles and butter growing up but like now as an adult it's definitely something i feel like oh man i i'm almost sad for my childhood palate Oh yeah, I had uh, sometimes I would dress it up with some craft uh, crumbled Parmesan cheese Ooh. that's always kicking around the back of the fridge. Ooh. Uh, I know, pretty fancy. Well, definitely. Well, look at you now. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to uh, kind of use that time in the show to talk a little bit more about Elephant as almost like a final push to be like, hey, if you're hearing my voice, yeah, if you are hearing me talk. <laughs> Go to Elephant. Yes. The next time you have a night out or a date night or you want to treat yourself, of course, like I said, like, of course, sometimes spending $70 per head for omakase 
is more than you want to spend for a night out. Mm -hmm. Completely understand. But as we said on the last show, considering the price of omakase meals in other restaurants or other sort of exciting forward thinking chefs. And the price of everything right now. If you're going to have to shell out money, no matter what you do, why not go and have an incredible experience? Yes. And especially one that, you know, is so closely tied with our local produce and local farmers. Absolutely. That's such a good point. Why not? You know, put your money. I mean, it's hard to think of a more deserving restaurant if you were to go give yourself a night out. No, not of course every restaurant is like worth going to. Every restaurant is a labor of love for somebody. You Except can, for maybe Donnelly Group places fuck them. But you can stand on, on that, I think. I don't yeah. think that's a soapbox. I don't have to apologize for that. Okay, thank you. I'm just again speaking of the social anxiety, <laughs> I feel like I have to couch everything I say in like ten to twelve disclaimers. I know, I know. <laughs> don't worry, I don't actually have opinions. No. Uh, <laughs> I barely exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't let me take up space on my own podcast. Oh <laughs> uh, okay. Shall we turn to the borough? We shall. Let's talk about the borough. A wonderful, wonderful throwback meal for me. I hadn't been since they renamed as the borough, mm-hmm. uh, but I've always been a fan of Banditas. Do you want to talk a little bit about the name change? Um, sure. Um, I believe it happened last year. Um, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they have something on their website. There you go. They have a mission statement. Um, so this was the long and short of it. Um, of course. Banditas, and they um, they mostly make you know enchiladas, quesadillas, tacos. Very so, Latin you know, American, yeah, Latin American inspired food. Inspired food. Owned, owned uh, by two white women, I believe, and so yeah. I think they made the you know respectful choice um, to acknowledge that that was probably appropriation, uh, and then move into a new name. Uh, they didn't really rebrand. There's still the amazing mural of the, uh, the, the woodland creatures on the wall that I love to look at. Yeah. Every time I find, uh, it's kind of like a Rorschach drawing. Like every time, like my attention is (laughs) drawn to a different like rabbit or horse. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I think they made uh, a conscious effort to be more inclusive and less exclusive and um, recreate their identity, but without uh, sacrificing the quality um, and the vibe of, of the restaurant, I would say. Definitely. I think, I mean, reading their statement, I think you can tell they, they really did care about trying to do this. And, and they even acknowledge like, this is not going to seem like enough for some people and it's going to seem like unnecessary to others. Yeah. And I think that's sort of like really at the crux of a lot of like discussions of appropriation and, and how social justice is manifested and things like that. Absolutely. But I think, I mean, from my mind, having not talked to the owners who are da, 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 Jackie Avery and Ayanna Kane, general manager, Melil Hodgson. Uh, it sounds like they really kind of, did some soul searching on this and wanted to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is that they've been such a big part of the community. And as they talk about in their statement, that's on their website, you can read it if you go to the borough restaurant.com slash news, but they have a lot of discussion about how they work with like local Latin American vendors and they believe in donating to that community and kind of lifting up the community and also providing like a a safe, inclusive space for everyone in the commercial drive community as a whole. Like they feature local artists on the walls. They do all this other stuff. They're famous for that. And they're an institution on the drive for that reason. They're, they very much represent uh, the inclusivity, uh, as you mentioned, like the art scene is very prevalent there as well. In my memory, they were one of the first uh, restaurants to have gender neutral washrooms oh, really? as well. Yeah. I didn't realize. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. They say here, I, I won't read the whole statement because it is a bit long, but they write, 
after 13 years as Bandidas. So again, a not insignificant amount of time. Totally. With deep connections in the community, changing our name is a huge undertaking. This process includes more than the simple name change. We have entered into a soul searching process and are becoming more active in a wider societal conversation. On one hand, some people will be irritated and think it's ridiculous that we change the name at all. On the other hand, some people will be upset that the heart of the menu continues to be Mexican inspired vegetarian food when neither of the owners are of Mexican heritage. And then of course there'll be many people who fall somewhere in the middle. Uh, they actually write also that they did consider changing the menu. It be- but they write, after much consideration, it became clear that the marginalization of people who are not part of the dominant culture is a huge societal and multi-layered problem that is much bigger than our menu and likely wouldn't be substantively healed through a change in our menu. And then they kind of go on to talk about their belief in social justice and their values and what they do in the community and the ingredients they source from local vendors and things like that. So yeah. all that to say, like, I don't think they're approaching this in like a, all right, are you, are the, is the woke left happy now? Like, yeah, just that throwing kind their of, hands up. And no. is that enough? Like they, they like, I truly believe when they say that they'd had to do some soul searching in the process. I believe that. And Completely. they're very articulate and very thoughtful in the way that they've presented this mission statement. And I think, that their concerted effort to be mindful of every aspect of this change came through and is appreciated. I think so too. So the one thing I thought, which I took a brief glance at probably a mistake was I think this is really thoughtful. I wonder what people are saying no, about it on Instagram, look at the internet, Brian. And so, uh, but it's okay because I would say that a lot of the messages I saw, you know, discounting the ones from Blandos like us who are like, why did I have to change the name at all? Mm -hmm. Uh, There were, I would say a mixture of people who of Latin American descent who wrote in. And of course they really did run the gamut that they're talking about. There were some people who were like, we really appreciate this. This is so mindful and thoughtful of you. And we really love supporting uh, you as banditas and we'll continue to support you as the borough. There's some people who are like, I didn't even think I'm Latin American and I don't think the old name was offensive, but Mm -hmm. okay, well I'll change this. And then other comments that were like, well, I'm Latin American and this seems like you're just kind of, you know, white savior kind of thing. Exactly. Like, Oh, okay. So you acknowledge that changing the menu won't do anything, but like, okay, well changing your name, do anything like what? And it's like, that's tough. It is tough. And of course they are, they are of course entitled to their opinions, but of course at the end of the day, this is just an effort to do their best. They're just trying to do the right thing. And I think that that effort um, is admirable completely. And the other thing I think it touches on is, I mean, they even talk about it here, but the larger issue of like, as food becomes like this globalized thing and it's so like easy to be exposed to other cultures. And, you know, they talk about their experience growing up with Mexican vegetarian. Uh, they say the primary reason is one of the owners grew up cooking and eating Mexican vegetarian food with her family in California, where Mexican culture and cuisine oh, is well yeah, established. Makes, sense, makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, it kind of hits at that question of like, well, should people from other cultures be allowed to cook food for professional in in a professional setting? That's not from their culture. And to that, I say, I don't know. And I'm glad I don't have to figure that out. Like that is, I have to answer that question. No. And I I don't have, and not not only that, like as a white man, it is not my place to weigh into that minefield. But all I will say is, you know, obviously there are reams of scholarly thought in every direction surrounding that topic. Uh, we will not be engaging in that aspect no. of this. All that to say, I, I do admire the the effort done by the borough to try to make this like, like 
uh, I mean, the the other example that comes to mind, like I was joking about with you, is like the Washington Redskins, and then being like, oh, "We're yeah. never changing the name." <laughs> and then finally, they they have, and they like punted on it for two years, and then they're like, "No, no, no, we, we're in the Commanders now. Support our troops." And what was that Onion article you mentioned? Like, okay, oh, yeah. we're finally going to change our name to the DC Redskins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hilarious idea. And then, um, uh, my favorite take on that is David Sedaris saying, "Like, no, you have to keep the Redskins name, but you have to change your uh, mascot to." a potato <laughs> yes exactly why not something that we could all enjoy but all but yeah all that to say this is extremely complicated especially when something like we've talked about this before food being so closely linked to nostalgia and also bringing people together and if this was their experience growing up that was just their expression of their their love for food and what has brought them so much comfort and then to have this accidentally sort of curtail with like an extremely a divisive debate going on like that's that's rough when you have to defend your life's passion with completely you know like but i mean full but to that end like full credit for them to like nobody asked them to change the no, name no, they no. were like we feel like we should do this like yeah. this doesn't feel right to us anymore mm-hmm. which again i think shows that their heart is in the right place yeah i agree that's what i mean like it's just like clear so clearly just a nod at them trying to do their best they're trying they're just trying their best yeah exactly and, <laughs> and that's all we can ever do completely yes completely but i mean all that to say they're trying their best in that regard uh they also do it with the menu they put out and the food that they do and the vibe that they put uh out into the into the neighborhood and as we said at the top they are an institution and what better way to celebrate that aspect of their uh restaurant than by diving into our experience I- which I think we can go ahead and say was fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, they talk about on their, on their menu and on their website, they talk about, they want the borough to be like the borough as a name. They really fell in love with it because it kind of gives that sense of like, it's cozy, it's communal, it's all those things. And I would say we had that experience exactly right down to the comforting throwback 90s jams. Oh my gosh, yeah. The soundtrack, uh, so on the last pod we mentioned that uh, Evan Finds the Third Rune by Kruang Bin came on when we were at Elephant, which was like a divine uh, message. That was that was the, the light sending nudes to us. Yes, exactly. That's, that's such a good way to put it. Um, and then just the same thing happened uh a similar thing i guess i should say i mean obviously the the highlight would be corinne bailey ray coming on girl put your records on yeah so that came on (laughs) that was a huge one and then the one that i kind of fell in love with all over again in a way of like oh my god i haven't heard this song in 20 years was dreams by gabriel oh yes a 1993 jam who dreams can come true they they did and they did yeah they did for us they basically had like a i think we we ended up having this conversation about they had like a now one through five (laughs) uh dance mix uh 95 through 99 kind of vibe going on and it was working oh big time Mm -hmm. i've never been happier to tuck into their nachos oh so good uh should we turn to the food though i think so okay great why don't i feel like i've done a lot of talking this episode i feel like i say this on a lot of the episodes (laughs) however however (laughs) allow me to see the floor to you jill you've been going to the borough a lot longer than i have it's been in your neighborhood for as long as i've known you Mm -hmm. talk about the borough what do you like about their food as a former vegetarian, mm-hmm. as a, I guess, a lapsed vegetarian, however, lapsed, you, yes. however you think of yourself now? Um, yeah, so I love that. So in a way, this has all the 
like pros of a chain in that you always know exactly what you're going to get. Like mm-hmm. the, the quality is the same. The menu hasn't really changed very much. Like for as long as I've been going there, they've had um, these same taco burrito options being like, you know, your Bobcat, your Wolf and Goat, your Felix uh, Jasper, uh, Ronnie Russell, which is my all time fave. Um, so you know exactly what you're getting. The quality is consistent. Um, another thing that I love about this place, all day breakfast. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and then I just love that it totally box in the face of people who think like, oh, vegetarian food, it can't be comforting. It can't be filling. Yeah, and definitely. We were, we didn't finish our entrees. Oh my God. Like the portions are so generous there. And um, I think we actually chatted about this. Um, I admitted that as we mentioned before, we're taking a little sobriety break in January and I, uh, you know, out of muscle memory ordered an enormous amount of food because I usually partake in the, some performance enhancing drugs before, uh, tucking in mm-hmm. to a Ronnie Russell burrito. I love, by the way, not to cut you off. I love that. We always just call it performance enhancing drugs without saying what it is, leaving the listener to imagine what, what could they, it be. What could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is human growth hormone. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that we should stand by that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, their, their portions are generous. Um, the server even mentioned that, uh, like it's kind of, um, I think we've talked before about like competitive eating style size portions about like the big burgers, the eight patty burgers of the world or whatever. And I feel like their nachos are just kind of that without even like, you don't get your picture on the wall when you go up because that's just like carte blanche. That's just like a portion size to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we got the half order of the nachos and it was enormous. It's too big for two people. I mean, well, actually that's not true. It's not too big for people with performance enhancing drugs. That's correct. It was too big for us not drinking Yes. Not in, indulging, yes, in other things, yes, and uh, yeah, it was delicious though. Yeah, oh, they're incredible, and I, it's my favorite thing. Like I don't normally, I'm very picky about nachos because it's yeah. one of those. It's actually one of those things that it's like, do I order this at a restaurant where I can just easily recreate this at home and probably better? And that's how I, I almost feel like nachos are like a Caesar in that way of like everyone's got their preferred nacho toppings oh that's very true actually well let's get into this what are, what's your ideal nacho okay i wanted to ask you this too this is great uh so mine would be well cheese obviously yeah uh what kind of cheese oh i mean I, i'm open to a blend i at home i would reach for cheddar probably yeah. and just great cheddar uh def the one thing i will say is definitely not pre-shred from a bag never Really? Why? Yeah, because I find it too waxy. I really oh. don't like it when you cook it at home. And I, I've had some notably bad experiences where I don't know if like me and friends over cheesed it, but it really just became like a layer of cheesy wax paper. Oh, now that you're mentioning Gross. it, this kind of reminds me of like bowling alley nachos. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously if I'm out and I eat that, of course I will still house it because yeah. well, who am I to turn down a nacho? Yeah. Not me. But at home, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. All that to say, I think my go-to nacho toppings would be, uh, I love onion. Mm-hmm. I love jalapeno, pickle Ooh. or otherwise. Oh, pickled, so good. pickled is nice. I love, I love bean. Mm. I really like a bean on a nacho, Me pinto too. or black bean. Me too. I think that's a really nice add on. I, I'm not always like down for like, I don't really need like pulled pork or, or chicken. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it. I can, I like it sometimes, but it's not. I don't. Oh, really? You're, yeah. you're actively repulsed by it. <laughs> yes. I have a visceral reaction. Yes. And then of course, like I always want 
salsa and sour cream at the bare minimum. Talk me into guacamole if you must. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally down with those. Sides. I don't like black olives on them very much. Even though these ones did have black olives on them and I thought like I'm just fine. Did they? I think yeah. so. Um, thank you for asking, Brian. I think my uh, nacho toppings. No, no. I'm choice. sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think that they did. Um, for me, uh, I also love onion, but I'm specific about it. I like green onion, Ooh. green onion, uh, tomato, and obviously you layer the cheese and the chips in. So yes. it's not just like a big nucleus on no, top. You got to have a oh, spread of You toppings. mentioned tomato as well. I really love diced love tomato. tomato. Yeah. Diced tomato. Um, and then when you, and then also I love a refried bean. Mm. Specifically refried. Yeah. I like that too. But I could like, I could get down with a black bean or a pinto, a, mm. a loose bean I would accept. Um, but I prefer a smear bean. Um, <laughs> uh, Jill, you've barely touched your bean smear. <laughs> That's so unlike me. <laughs> um, and then, so that goes in the oven and then once it uh, it's out, love to top it with uh, pickled red onion. Oh, I love that. Yeah, really, really good. Nice. And then... It's good enough for a taco. Why not on a nacho? You know, exactly. Uh, think outside the tortilla. What, uh, what was that? Uh, taco Baco? What taco Baco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what some the tagline stupid, was. Uh, there was some... No, it was Tinkle Outside the Binkle. <laughs> oh, tinkle Outside the Binkle. Taco Baco. <laughs> Trash memes. Yeah. Um, and then, I lo- again, guac is like... Everyone is obsessed with guac, but I think salsa and sour cream are it for, dip it, for dipping sides, for nachos. I will go heavier on the sour cream. I love sour cream. Yeah. At um, home, would you use Greek yogurt or does it have to be sour cream? It so has I've to be used- sour cream because I grew up in a household that strictly followed like 90s diet culture. Right. So I never got sour cream. Same thing. Like I never had butter until I moved out. I was a base hell household. I was a margarine household too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we the are. The 90s. I Recovering. Mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a flavorless time. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I will be convinced like think something I like about Tacofino's nachos is they drizzle the sour cream on top. Yeah. I like that too. That's kind of almost like it makes a lot of sense in a way because it's like, well, yeah, sometimes when you're dipping nachos, you get all the topping, they fall into the sour cream. You're embarrassed. Your friends laugh at you. It's like an endless loop of like scooping up your, your last failures of a dip every time. And then you run out of sour cream so quickly. It's not a problem, but no, you you sort of more, but anyway, uh, is there anything you really don't like on a nacho that you think people do? Like, are you an olive? Uh, I'm sort of apathetic to olives. Uh, a lot of important people in my life growing up have all been big olive heads. Like oh, okay. Georgia loves olives. Um, like black and green. You know, and you, you pick it. You yeah. pick the Any olive. Any port in the storm, hey? Yeah. Uh, the, I think I'm... I'm I don't want any pulled pork on my nachos. Yeah. I think pulled pork is very overrated. It's been done. Um, and it's just... It makes them... I don't want a soggy nacho. I really don't want a soggy nacho. No, and that's where the cheese ratio is also kind of a factor. It certainly. And then to transition this back into the burrow, they have a crisp factor in their nachos that is outstanding. And I think I mentioned this when we were there. It also like supersedes the logic of takeout and the nachos retain their crunch upon delivery. Wow. Georgia and I had them door dash and we're like, uh, will this be a horrible experience? Whatever. It's, they're basically giving it away at these prices. So let's give like roll the dice. And it was incredible. And That's I will awesome. say their salsa is my favorite salsa. Really? Yeah. It is really good. It's so, so good. Also shout out to their homemade hot sauce, which was like a mango oh, habanero, habanero, which is really good. Yeah. It has a lot of bite and yeah. it's very good. I loved it. Yeah. I would buy a bottle of that for sure. Yeah. Maybe they sell it. I just didn't notice. Uh, 
But to go to the Burroughs menu to start talking about the meal we had. So we got the half order of the, is it? Pascal. Pascal, not Pascale. <laughs> Pascale. Uh, it's pa- not Italian. Uh, I see. Pascal Mark, uh, which is there. So they have three nacho options. And after loving these ones so much, I insist that we go back and try the other two. Uh, this one is cheese spicy corn mix. <sighs> I love corn and you know it. I know. Uh, and jalapenos on tortilla chips served with roasted tomato salsa and sour cream. Add black or pinto beans. Did we, we didn't add? do. No, we didn't do that. I didn't even think of that option. Um, oh, that's okay. But like, Something that's a time. pretty light topping but they it really hit the spot completely it's not too cheesy no. like you say like they really is like very crispy and oh. really nice it's yeah. not like you never feel like you're biting into that weird layer of like cheese that's like congealed too much on top of a nacho and then you're kind of avoiding it the whole night and then it becomes sweaty is there anything worse than sweaty waxy cheese no no jill no there isn't we live a great privileged life that that's our biggest problem but yeah but here I we will are. die on that hill. It is the worst. Yeah. There is no problem facing society <laughs> that is greater than sweaty, waxy cheese. <laughs> um, and I, but yeah, I, they, the ratios and the portioning and the way that they spread it out across the whole plate, there isn't a nucleus. You know no. how everyone sort of dances around it politely and like, oh no, I won't take that. It's like the, yeah. the big mound. Oh, that's the, the that's the money nacho. I'm yeah, not going to exactly. take that. I couldn't possibly, um, but it's, just distributed so evenly and yes. they, yeah, they do a mean nacho. And I, um, I have, uh, the burrow very frequently, but I'd say I have it probably two times a week in the summer. Really? It's the perfect place to go for, especially at happy hour. If uh, you get nachos some margs, and a beer. they have a hibiscus marg that's like quite nice. Mm. Um, I think the last time I went with you, I remember really liking their Paloma as well. Oh yeah. They do a, they've got a good, Got a good bar menu and they all pair exquisitely with their nachos. They're enormous nachos. I can't imagine what a large looks like. Like the tables aren't even big enough. Yeah. Like I feel like they'd have to like escort you outside and like put a bib on you and some sort of like. If you, if we tried to order the large for two people, do you think they'd be like, don't do this? You're not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Can I see your ID? Have you tried the other flavors? Um, Hampton which is it yeah. got the smoky sweet chipotle tofu yeah, I've and had, pinto beans. I've had the Hampton. Um, I have not had the spicy Winston. Sounds good too. Yeah. Cashew queso and spicy lentil mix and then more corn. Mm, love corn. Oh, they all come with spicy corn mix. That's nice. It's great because I love corn and I love spicy corn mix. Yes. I love corn too. Yeah. Well, we are blandos after all. Of course. <laughs> the, it's the vegetable of our people. It is. Yes. Corn. Uh, actually, that's not true because I'm sure corn is huge for Latin American food, obviously with elotes and so many. Great, and also great, maize. Of course. We uh, we stole land and corn. Yes, from, exactly. Uh, First Nations people. Really? Sorry. We stole everything. Let's just them. issue a blank disclaimer. Nothing is the food of our people. Uh, so if the bandita or sorry, oh, I get this happens to me the constantly. Borough, the, borough. the borough owners uh, have any advice for us on how to write apologies and come up with mission statements yes. uh we'd love to hear it. we also don't want to be canceled we don't <laughs> no we're, we're we're also trying our best yes please everyone know that we are approaching this i said the woke left earlier we are the woke left we are the woke left <laughs> um okay let's what else okay so we let's talk about our food and then we can also talk about some of the other things that i would actually really like to try on their menu one thing that you kind of talked about is like a chain, you kind of know what you're getting mm-hmm. through all their flavor options. And the thing I wanted to say about that too is it's so 
reminiscent but different in its own way of going to literally any other mexican place and knowing that like oh yeah they do like a carne asada a carnitas an al pastor and you can get them in a burrito or a taco or right. whatever yeah they just have their the roasted potatoes the wolf and goat the felix jasper the leona gale the horace lefty the ronnie russell like you can get the chipotle tofu in anything you want yeah and you can get the ronnie russell in almost anything you want yeah you can get like it, it's you it's, basically pick the ingredients and then you pick your vessel exactly do you want it in burrito do you want it in a bowl do you want it in tacos enchiladas yeah so i believe they're more prescriptive on the enchiladas yes they are i think there's only three options differentiated but i mean but whatever yeah <laughs> but the other thing i wanted to say about that is the thing i really like about them is none of them to me feel like vegetarian food trying to be meat Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's not like, oh, we're, we're, our meat taco is a black bean quinoa mix that is approximating the feel of ground beef. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or it's, it's like they do like an El Pastor with like Beyond. Yeah. I no. guess they don't do a Beyond pork option, but like, cause that's something as a former reformed vegetarian, however you want to look at it. Your life is your life, Jill. It is. I'm just trying to live it. Um, Something that I've I've spoken with uh, friends who are vegetarians, flexitarians, um, we can't get our heads around like why are they making Beyond Meat? Like why do they make the, why is the Beyond Burger bloody? Like to me, that's not what I miss. When I was a vegetarian, I didn't miss the blood. <laughs> I miss the taste because like meat tastes awesome. Like it's so good. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it tastes awesome. Yeah, but like it's not like the muscle reminiscence that I miss. Well, and for any vegetarian, do you think they're like, Hey, vegetarian, forget the taste. Y'all miss that blood. Yeah, exactly. You want it real bloody? I know you're freaky little vampires. <laughs> yeah. You need to see a bloody piece of meat. You want to think you killed something? You freak. <laughs> Have we got the thing for you? Yeah, I don't get it. And like, it's very not that, which to your point, like it's not just, your standard vegetarian fare. It's vegetable forward, amazing food. We're having a lot of produce forward meals. We are because you know what? Vegetables are really delicious. They are. It's vegetables time. It's vegetable season, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 2023. You're the vegetable. <laughs> We're calling it. It's like, did you see all the memes of the in and out lists? Oh yeah. Ours is just in vegetable like yeah. 10 times. Yeah. Out. Uh, bloody beyond Fake meat. bloody meat. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, and Ginny and Georgia. Sorry, Netflix. <laughs> the, uh, oh, okay. Let's talk about what we had. What did you order, Jill? What was your entree after the nacho? Uh, I got the, the Ronnie Russell. In what form? The burrito. Okay. Uh, and something, uh, okay. Well, so just to fill everybody in. So the Ronnie Russell is roasted yams, guacamole, black beans, salsa verde, purple cabbage, rice, and toasted pumpkin seeds. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, you have the option to add cheese or vegan cheese, uh, goat cheese, um, uh, or vegan or dairy sour cream. I did not do any of the add-ons just straight up as it is, uh, Ronnie Russell neat. And, uh, the thing that I love about when they serve their burritos is there's always a single adorable pumpkin seed placed on top. Yes. It's a very weird garnish. I don't know why it seemed like a, a mistake that kept happening over and over for the first five years I went. And then, you know what? I'm like, I guess they're doing this intentionally and I love it now. Yeah. And it's never happened. Pepita. But if I didn't have my poquito pepita, <laughs> I would be very upset. <laughs> Lo siento. <laughs> yeah, it would be missing something. Yes. <laughs> that ineffable pepita. Yes. Uh, I think that's really beautiful. You Have you ever had any of their 
burrito styles that weren't the regular burrito because I'm looking at the menus here and it says you can get the burrito in a bowl. So if you're gluten free, you know, like you get it as like a burrito bowl. You can also get it baked with sauce and cheese. Oh, or you got to do that. Like, yeah, George and I went in the summer during the heat wave um, and we finished the small nachos. Love it. We polished them off. And then like the burrito is obviously the same size, but they put it in a ramekin and they smother it in cheese and put sauce on it and they bake it. And so it is the temperature of the sun. It is so hot, but it is so filling and rich, but it is so good. And we both ate all of it. And we were like, wow, we did it. Let's never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Because it became like a food competition with ourselves. Um, but I mean, like you should try it. It's so, so, so good. Nice. It doesn't deliver as well, obviously, but no if doubt. you're going to eat it in the restaurant, it would be a good thing to go split on. Cool. Like I think if you ever go, when we go again, go with Lauren, like somebody gets the baked and cheese, you split that in half and then you maybe do like a medley of tacos just so you can get mm. like a good sampler of the, of the menu. That's a great idea. But yeah, highly recommend, uh, flying a little close, too close to the sun, uh, and experiencing the temperature of the sun. I can't wait. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay, yeah, I've never done that either. In the past, when I've done the burrito, I've only ever done the regular. So I look forward to expanding my horizons. Uh, But that is actually kind of what I did when I ordered my thing, because normally my go-to at uh, Bandita's, or sorry, the burrow, like you said. I know. So easy to do. I usually get the tacos. I've always loved their tacos. Uh, How many? Usually I I used to go three or four. Nice. Nice. I used to really love the Leona Gale. I still do like the Leona Gale a lot. I love that smoky, sweet chipotle tofu. It's so nice. It's so nice, in fact, that I had... Oh, no, I didn't have... I had squash enchilada. You did. Uh, the Leona Gale is great. I do like the Horace, the spicy corn mix with pinto beans. Mm-hmm. And the Bobcat's also great. I don't think I've tried the Penny, which they say is new. It is new. The cumin spiced potatoes with black beans, which sounds great. So what I ordered was, as I mentioned before, the enchiladas, something I never treat myself to, but I decided to go for it. Uh, four corn tortillas stuffed with one of the following ingredients covered with sauce and cheese and baked in the oven. Choose your filling and sauce. I did not choose my sauce. I'm just realizing, <laughs> but that's fine. That's okay. I. Uh, Actually, I think this is different. I think, no, I think you chose salsa verde or maybe that's the default. Maybe. So I got the roasted butternut squash, which was excellent. And then, oh no, I think it was the ranchero because it was red sauce. Mm. Yes, it must've been. But anyway, on their menu in the restaurant, I thought they only had three filling options. The enchiladas. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But regardless, it was very delicious. Like you say, comes in a ramekin, very, very hot, but I hadn't had enchiladas in so long and you talk about comfort. Mm. You talk about cozy. Mm. Mm -mm. Digging into this piping hot ramekin layered with cheese, eating these wonderful roasted butternut squash tacos was fucking delicious. Is there anything but nut squash can't do? How dare you? (laughs) I love but but nut squash. I love but nut. (laughs) I do. I do. And I don't care who knows it. It's funny because I think, you know, in some ways we're very erudite. I think we have a lot to say. You dropped the word epistolary earlier, but this is a podcast for children. It is. (laughs) But not squash. (laughs) I want my noodles buttered and I want my nuts butt. (laughs) You just had to say that for yourself, didn't you? I did. And I will continue to say it. Yeah. You have tears in your eyes. I I do. I think that's how I'm going to manifest joy is just saying butt nut or nuts butt. (laughs) 
see? <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, if you've never strayed into the enchilada side of the menu, I definitely recommend. Oh, how was your... Oh, sorry, I feel like we moved on too quickly. How was your... Ronnie Russell. It was perfect. It was yeah. exactly the way it always is. Uh, the cabbage provides such a nice crunch and uh, juxtaposed with the um, the smoothness and the creaminess that comes with like the yams that are so nicely roasted and almost caramelized. Mm-hmm. The flavors are so good together. It's so filling. I had to leave half of it, but uh, you know what? I had the rest of it uh, the next day for lunch and it was incredible. Nice. Nice. I had mine... Uh, I shared a little bit with Lauren when I got home and then I ate the rest the next morning for nice. a little breakfast. Nice. It was very delicious. Yep. I am going to miss, uh, I ha- actually have to go back to work on Monday. Oh. I had the last week off. Oh, right. So like, I'm really going to miss the rolling out of bed, sitting in my PJs, eating leftover enchiladas on the couch for breakfast. It's the wild west. It's a good life. With folks. your 10 gallon hat and George yes. and Jenny on the background. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Y'all know how I like to do. So uh, I apologize to anyone uh, who does have a Southern accent. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. Uh, allow me to issue disclaimer 13 of this podcast. <laughs> the other thing I, I got, which was a rare treat for me, is the horchata. Horchata. Oh, yes. Which, uh, speaking of music, you were like, always makes me think of Vampire Weekend. Every time That's I a thought great about song. Right now. That's a great Drinking song. horchata. Yeah. Hey, pretty good. Thanks. Uh, anyway, I, if you've never had the horchata, very good. So delicious. Really, really excellent. I I mean, horchata is always such a treat, and especially when it's done well. The last time I had horchata was when I was in New York with Lauren, and we just got like a kind of a cheap one at this like Tacos Number One, or I can't remember what it's called. It was like a local chain. Mm-hmm. And it was good, too. But this, I think, was much better. It was very nice. I got to sit and enjoy it. It wasn't just like a rushed experience like I had with the horchata there. But, you know, what? it's a little desserty, but not too desserty. And it wasn't too sweet. It's uh, what is horchata? Is it milk with cinnamon and other things or is yes. it a different? It's usually rice. Milk. Well, I mean, they asked me if I wanted dairy free. Oh, right. Oh, so I think you can get anything dairy free there. Yes, I think so. Go to drinks. Horchata made with your choice of soy, oat or dairy milk. OK, so it is milk. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, like uh, milk on the rocks doesn't really sound like an appealing thing, but it is delicious. Yes. I mean, they, they I mean, spice it's no it well. gin and milk. <laughs> But what is? But what is? Uh, anyway, what would you give the nachos on our patented scale of five of chicken wings? Use the whole scale, Jill. Don't be afraid to use the whole scale. Uh, five. Five out of five. Okay. Um, I just love them so much. They delivered the cross. I've, I've, I don't want to wax poetic too much, but... Uh, so I won't. I'll end it there. Five out of five. Okay, great. I would give five to the nachos as well. Yeah. What would you give your burrito? I'd give it five. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I am, I am, it's like, it's basically up there now for me, like with McDonald's in terms of like, you know, exactly what you're going to get when you go I there. I didn't realize the burrow had that level of, oh, it's uh, of like love in your heart. I've been going there for so long. That's great. And it was such a haven for me when I was a vegetarian, like to, to your point earlier, like the vegetarian item on so many menus is the quinoa black bean something. Another very popular one is like the grilled uh, red pepper and onion thing that they batch once a week and shove to the back of the kitchen fridge and then like reheat in the microwave and put between like a panini and press it. Like, I'm making a face. Yeah. Um, so I it just it really saved me in those like th- nearly three years that I was a vegetarian. Um, I also have fun memories because I would go and eat there before like improv and everything back in the day when I 
did that and I was outgoing. Um, but yeah, very nostalgic. Very, very nostalgic. That's excellent. Yeah. I would give the enchiladas, I'm going to say four chicken wings. Nice. Still excellent. Yeah. But again, can't be afraid to use the whole scale. You can't. They, I'm not saying they were a miss. No. They just weren't as good as the nachos to me, which I love my whole heart. And like yeah. I said, I want to go back and eat way more of the nachos. Yeah. Can't wait for the summer. We can crack a real beer and enjoy the, or the marks. Yeah. Because they do make good marks. Like you were saying, they have a good bar menu. They do. Anything else on the menu you want to shout out before we... Um, the, so I have to go back to the all day breakfast they, they offer. If you can go there for brunch, they have a a wider brunch menu, I believe. Right. Um, but the, the clutch thing on the breakfast plate that they have cornbread muffins. Ooh, yes, please. So, so good. Yes, please. Um, they are, they're two little. The Hicks Delicious Benny. pucks. Oh, they, um, many of the Bennies come with cornbread. Oh, muffins. yeah. It's like a oh, staple. Wow. And actually, they have like a pantry now. You can get uh, to go. You can buy frozen versions of their breakfast burrito and you can buy the, the pre-made uh, corn muffins. Oh, have you tried any of it? I haven't gotten them to go. Like I've had them at, at the restaurant, but mm-hmm. uh, I, that was something that developed over the pandemic, right. I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, I big shout out to the the corn muffins. Uh, the, just the, the basic breakfast that they have in general is so good. It always comes with roast and roasted potato and yam medley, rice and beans, and then a little bit of uh, pickled cabbage as well, which is such a nice crunch mm. little, uh, palate cleanser it also well. says it comes with cornbread and honey butter Oof. yeah that's that's the corn the cornbread muffins oh okay got it yeah got the, it. oh yeah the honey butter is so good Oof. yeah Sounds- my stomach just screamed yeah. i don't know if you heard that like we should go back right now that's yeah. cool i i have only been for brunch i think once and it was years ago i gotta go back this all sounds great and i really want to try these bennies with the cornbread muffins and they do they don't do caesars because it's vegetarian restaurant yes uh, but they do bloody mary's nice. and the garnish they use at least i haven't had a bloody mary there in years but back in the day they used to do um pickled carrots as their garnish love that such like a left field kind of thing almost i mean not really because it is a pickled vegetable but uh i feel like the pickled bean corners the market in most caesars mm-hmm. um or the classic uh celery, celery brush, yes but which is typically not, not <laughs> no me neither and typically not pickled no um but uh yeah so i would i would recommend going for the bloody mary if if you dabble nice will do I also saw on their regular cocktail menu, they have options for uh, margaritas, for making the margaritas extra, extra spicy with habanero. Oh, I love that. Oh, it sounds del- My mouth is watering thinking about I that. I love right a now. spicy marg. And so many Me too. people are hesitant to create that spice. No. For you. I have a. Very, no. <laughs> um, one time, I don't want to actually reveal the name of the restaurant because it's such an excellent restaurant. And I think it was just a server miscommunication uh but my friend reed and i were out and we were we ordered spicy margaritas you and reed's thing uh yeah our thing yes exactly um and they had uh it was uh it is an asian restaurant so they had like garlic chilies Mm. uh and but they put the garlic chilies in instead of just normal chilies as the thing to shake up the margarita so we got garlic in our spicy margarita and it was bad mm. it was like sounds very savory yeah it was it's not what you would want um so yeah like i said i, w- I don't want to say what restaurant it is because it's a very good restaurant okay and i don't want to embarrass off, them yeah but no. uh just whenever you are somewhere just clarify that you want your spicy margarita without garlic yeah yeah i don't think that should <laughs> 
be too much trouble for most places. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But I think maybe good to lead with that. Yes. Yeah. In, in the future. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's it for the borough. I mean, obviously, I think safe to say we'd both recommend it. If you've never been, give yourself a treat. Absolutely. Don't be scared of eating a vegetarian meal, folks. And if you're go, one of those people, come on. Go any time of day. Yeah. Like they have a late night happy hour, actually, which is quite incredible. Oh, that sounds great. Um, Go for breakfast. Go for dinner. Yeah. Go all the time. Just go. Just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we have a few minutes left on the show, I thought we could do a little check-in on Sobe Janobi. Oh, Sobe Janobi. Yeah. yeah and, and talk about the non-alcoholic beers we're drinking tonight. Yes. So why, why don't you introduce this? Because you provided. Yeah. So at, on Jan 1, I went down to the drive can, uh, canteen. Again, shout out uh, Doug Steven, the... The mogul of Vancouver, <laughs> he runs everything. Yeah, um, I think he he quit drinking. I think he's over his year mark. Really? Uh, so he put a concerted effort into developing a huge non-alcoholic section, and that it is like it covers wines, ciders. Wow! Um, Can't even pre- get that at Legacy. Pre-mixed cocktails, uh, and all zero proof, all incredible. They try really hard to get good stuff in there, and man, do they deliver! Like. Uh, I mean, ever like Nani is really up and coming. Uh, what we're drinking tonight is the Phillips Iota. We have the hazy IPA. Excellent. Uh, I prefer their pale ale, as we were talking about before the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to replicate a lager or a pale ale without the alcohol. Uh, if you're going zero proof, um, there's just something about the. I think it, I believe you described it as the body of it is harder to replicate in a hazy IPA, which I which I totally agree. Um, oh, weird weather. I, I think I posted it on our, our yes, Instagram Yes, you said account. that was great. Hey? Uh, it was incredible that it actually tasted like a hazy IPA. And did you get that at Drive Canteen Drive too? Drive Canteen, everything. I'll have to duck in and check it out because yeah. I really want to try one of those after you were talking about it, yeah. picking it up so much. But this uh, Philips Iota Hazy IPA, um, 3.75 chicken wings out of five. I was going to say the same. Um, the Philips Iota Pale Ale, uh, four chicken wings out of five uh the nani pale ale five chicken wings out of five it tastes like a legit pale ale to me nice i can give you a small update too because on the weekend i was telling you when you arrived that i tried the nani czech pilsner Mm -hmm. i think i'd just give that a flat three well i really wanted to like on flat was it flat it was and it kind of just like i said i I would describe the text or the taste as thin yeah it's just kind of like obviously like you're not going to get like the the complete like hoppy carbonated buzzy experience that you would get from a regular beer in any non-alcoholic beer mm-hmm. although it sounds like the tall boy you had comes close but the the nani pale ale is much better yeah it's uh, the the czech pilsner is almost like without the alcohol a pilsner is just it's just too crisp and thin yeah there's not enough to it yeah but uh, otherwise all that to say i think the phillips iota i would agree 3.75 mm-hmm. i think this is a pretty easy drinking one i could definitely crush a few of these i definitely want to try their pale ale though yeah it's uh it's really good maybe and like you were saying maybe pale ale is just the move for non-alcoholic beers i think it might be so far it is okay. unless you can have like a clutch recommendation like the the weird weather i'll, I'll find out what the brewery is is this still called a brewery if it's non-alcoholic i guess phillips Great is question. a brewery yeah they are um maybe we should hit up doug steven and ask him if he's a fave we should um 
And they, oh, they also have uh, a zero proof Corona, which the guy I was chatting with, like I went in and he's like, hey, of course, every, he's so cool. Everybody who works in any establishment that is affiliated with Doug Steven is all the people are just rock solid. Yeah. He was so friendly and he was chatting. He like had an opinion. Doug on and everything. Leslie know how to they really put it do. together. They absolutely do. Um, he was going on about the, the Corona. He's like, I haven't had it yet, but he's like, everybody who's had it says it tastes exactly like a Corona. Cool. So hopefully it can come, it can like supersede the, the non-alcoholic curse that you experienced with the, the Czech Pilsner. Hey, I, I'm, I'm new to non-alcoholic beer, so I am ready to be, I I certainly wouldn't call myself an expert or I'm not here to make sweeping declarations. Is this disclaimer 14 or 15? Uh, I think we're up to 80 now. (laughs) Yeah, you might be right. Um, I think after Sobe Janobi, we might be experts. I think you're right. Um, because I, something that I was kind of nervous about, I think nervous is the right word, trepidatious going into Soba Junobi was what am I going to drink when I'm cooking? I love to have a beer when I'm cooking. Cause it's like, especially working from home, mm-hmm. cracking a beer resets. It's like, okay, I'm still in my home, but it's no longer office home. It's home, home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to cook and, and, and listen. Look, my friend beer is here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's very drinkable. It's, it's perfect. It's like, it scratches the itch. Um, I will say having the, another plus of the weird weather, uh, hazy IPA was the tall boy. Yeah. I miss it. Like as a super flux, super fan, I always have a tall boy in my, I was going to say my hand. I don't always have one in my hand, but I always have one in my fridge. Um, and that was just a nice little plus up. Aesthetically. It, yeah, exactly. I like it. It uh, rounded out the experience a bit more. Cool. Um, have you tried any zero proof cocktails? I have not. Neither not yet. I. No, neither yet. Yeah. I thought about trying one at, I, w- I went to Electric Bicycle with a friend of the show, Michael Jupp, mm-hmm. and that's where I tried the Nani Pilsner. And I think on their website, I saw that they actually do carry some canned zero proof cocktails, mm-hmm. but I just didn't get around to trying it. Yeah, so have, maybe another time. They have a bunch at uh, Drive Canteen, so cool. maybe we should dip into that as well. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> okay, well, that's your Sobe Genopi uh, update. Yep. We're still going strong. Mm-hmm. Every, everything's going great We've over here. we made it one week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, January 7th. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> uh, no, this is a great dry out. Yeah. Feels great. Uh, okay, friends. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. We're actually getting cue. played off by our own <laughs> recording. <laughs> Let me just move that a little bit. Yeah. Shh, shh, shh. Crangbin. <laughs> Crangbin. Okay. Well, thanks very much for listening, friends. If you haven't already, follow the show on Instagram. We're at Battle Royale with Cheese. Slide into our DMs anytime. We love to hear from people. And if you haven't, please rate and review the show on your podcast listening tool of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or some other tool from hither and yon. Uh, <laughs> there are many apps out there, and we can't pretend to know them all. <laughs> Uh, and also please tell your friends about the show. We really love, I mean, obviously like we are delighted every time we get new followers on our Instagram account. We love seeing the download numbers keep going up. The audience is growing. We're powerful. Uh, <laughs> I feel powerful. We're standing in our power. And that's not just because you've adopted a Southern accent. No, no, not at all. Uh, let me know what you thought of the Southern accent. Offensive, <laughs> inoffensive, or do you like Ginny and Georgia? That's fine. <laughs> do you want an even fog hornier, leg hornier, Brian, than the one you heard at the top of the hour? Yeah. I think I do. Uh, I think, I think maybe we all do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're getting played off again. The second this time? Is, this, this is, is like the side. Oscar speech where it they're is. like, they, okay, they play the music and then they, all right, let's give them 30 more seconds and then, and all then right, they really no, crank they, up the volume. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's get out on that and say, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you another time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>